for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. By Divine Revelation, this message uncovers the keys of faith that are required to understand God's purposes and strategies during the storms in our life. MDW Ministries is committed to the mandate of strategic prayer and praying for you. Know by faith that this is God's word for you today. Be empowered as you listen. Revelation is having the code to go to the back end. To get to the back side, to see what's really controlling what our eyes are seeing. Who is responsible for what's going on? Who is at work behind the scenes? What is the cause of the effect? Instead of dwelling on the effect, we must check, investigate the cause. And until we know the cause of the effect or the events of our time, we will struggle to make sense of our situation and our circumstances. Whenever you face a situation you can't make sense of, where logic, reasoning, and philosophy is exhausted, and man's ability to make sense of a situation comes to an end, ladies and gentlemen, there is a 99 possibility that there's an intelligent mind and a master hand at the back end, behind the scenes, orchestrating, manipulating, responsible for what's going on. In moments like that, we can't yield to our feelings. We can't give in to emotions. We can't allow what's going on to determine the choices we make in life. Today I want to talk to you about a message I entitled Mid-Sea Encounter. What you do when you find yourself in mid-sea. And somebody said, what is mid-sea? What means that? Bishop, Archbishop, Papa, Preacher. Mid-sea simply has to do with between the promise and the manifestation. This is the promise. This is the manifestation. And between the promise and the manifestation, you are caught in the middle where the enemy encounters you, where the enemy sends a storm your way. And for a reason why a storm comes, number one, a storm comes to distract you. Number two, a storm comes to threaten your very life existence and everything that you've been and worked for and hope to ever be or become is threatened by a storm. Number three, a storm comes to intimidate you, to make you afraid, to make you afraid, panic, and to yield to the demands of the adversary. Number four, a storm comes to abort your mission in life. A storm is designed to make you throw in the towel or quit, give up, and walk just before a major turnaround. And as I said in the first service, I've been preaching by God's grace and mercies for 44 years, and I've learned by experience that anytime I'm close to a major turnaround, 
and a major breakthrough in life and in ministry, I will always face one kind of a storm. And it comes so strong and hits me to the point of discouragement. Where I get discouraged, frustrated, and battle weary. And in moments like that, the feeling is like throwing the towel. You can't take it anymore. It's enough. Quit. Walk. Somebody said to me the other day, he said, Papa, how long? How long do you have to pray the way you pray? And I said, son, prayer is a daily necessity for daily triumph. You never said how long will I or must eat every day. You never complain about eating, drinking. You don't complain about sleeping or resting or working. Prayer is a lifestyle. One of my bishops said the other day, he walked to my office and said, Papa, this is not fair. And I said, what do you mean? He said, anytime I hear you pray, I feel like I don't know how to pray. And he said, the intensity of the way you pray, the impact of it, what makes you pray the way you pray? And I said, son, my prayers are born out of my personal adversities. You don't know how to pray until you face a storm. It is the challenges of life and my storm differs from yours and yours differs from mine. To every one of us is what you carry, where you're going in life, destiny, and what your assignment is that determine the kinds of storm you face in life. If you're a heavyweight, you'll be matched with a heavyweight. If you're a lightweight, you'll be matched with a lightweight. So what you go through in life has everything to do with your purpose, your mission, your destiny, your assignment. As I don't complain about the challenges I face because I understand that my understanding is limited as man. And I have to every now and then look up, look up to him. The other day, Jesus, in the book of Mark, the fourth chapter, reading from the 35th, to the 40th verse, was having a great service and a ministry on the other side of Jordan. Thousands were being healed. Miracles were taking place. Great things were happening. And suddenly, he had a lead by the inspiration of God that he had to go to the other side to free up a man from the lineage of one of the patriarchs of faith. And he understood that this was a great mission and assignment. He was one of the seed of Jacob, tribe of Gath, at the place of the Gadarenes. So he said to the disciples, let's give up on having a good time on this side, it looks like our mission and assignment on this side of Jordan has ended. There's a, a new assignment for us on the other side. And the Bible said that genuine from this side of Jordan to the other side, right at mid-sea, 
they encountered a great storm. And Jesus was asleep on a pillow in the ship. Now people will say that how come Jesus was right there and there came a storm? Please hear me. The devil you and I are dealing with is not the respecter of persons. And you may, he can hit you with a storm whether you are in the will of God or outside of the will of God. And the fact that someone is going through a storm does not mean they've seen, they've heard, or they are out of the will of God. Job was in the will of God. And yet, he faced storms, multiples of storms, layers of storms, family crisis, health complications. The enemy was at him on every side to the point where his best friends misunderstood him and said, Job, what is it that you've done to merit this? When people feel, go through crisis and are in trouble, the first thing we conclude is, hey, what have you done wrong? Confess your sin. It has to be something you've done to merit this. You don't have to do anything wrong for the enemy to encounter you. He will encounter you as long as you are going somewhere, as long as you have a destiny, as long as you carry promise like Joseph. What did Joseph do to marry hatred from his own brethren? And an assassination attempt was made upon him, cast into a pit, sold into slavery by his own brothers, found himself in Potiphar's house, then was misrepresented, framed up, implicated by Potiphar's wife, found himself in prison. Those were storms between the promise and the manifestation. Everything the enemy controlled at one came upon Joseph, but he did not give up on God. When you and I face storms, ladies and gentlemen, we are always faced with two choices. The choice of faith or the choice of fear. There's no other way. And I came to tell somebody this morning, as you hear the sound of my voice, whoever you are, wherever you are, across the nations of the world, please choose faith. Choose faith. Because fear will drown you. If you go the way of fear, it will incapacitate you. If you go the way of fear, you never lift up your head the rest of your life. If you go the way of fear, you will always make decisions and choices based on what you feel, based on what you hear, and based on what you see. I said in the first service that it looks like the conspiracy theory about the vaccine is even more than the conspiracy theory about the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. But that is the times we live in. It's the choice of faith or the choice of being afraid. You can face the future with fear or face the future with faith. Jesus was asleep in the ship on a pillow. The disciples were faced with two choices, faith or fear. 
They cried out for fear. Jesus arose from sleep and rebuked the cause of the storm. It wasn't the sea. The problem was not the sea. The problem was the wind. It was the wind that was troubling the waters. Jesus said, I will go past the effect. I will go past the symptom. I will deal with the cause. One of the greatest things in life that we all face and that confronts every one of us, ladies and gentlemen, every now and then, storms will arise. Challenges will come our way. But hear me, your ability to discern and to know the source and the cause of the situation will determine the outcome. And if you lack the ability to discern and to understand the cause, the source, and where it's coming from, you might end up making a choice and a decision that may incapacitate and cripple everything and compromise destiny and purpose for which you were born. But I pray today in the name of Yeshua that it doesn't matter what you're facing mentally and it doesn't matter what you're going through emotionally. It doesn't matter what it is that God somehow by eternal and divine orchestration will give you the ability to go to the back end, the ability to go behind the scene to know and to appreciate what is truly going on and happening and where this thing is leading to. Because if you don't understand where it's coming from and what it's leading to, you might end up responding to what's going on. You may end up becoming emotional about it. And you try to use reasoning, logic, philosophy, hear me. And you may even have friends and loved ones who would tell you, do this, do that, do that. And you hear all kinds of voices telling you what to do. Decision you might take, prayer partners telling you this. You might even receive prophecies, visions, revelation. You might have dreams. But I dare you, ladies and gentlemen, in times and in moments of storms, are not the time to take decisions. They are the times to be still. They are times to lean on the everlasting arms. They are the times to say, Lead me, lead me, save and secure. Singing out, please. 
crisis in marriage, crisis in the love, in the life of a loved one, business, financial, whatever it might be, physical, emotional, hear me. It's an indication that you're going somewhere. It's an indication that God is up to something in your life. And the work of the adversary is to throw everything at you and I to stop us. And I've been there a dozen times in my life where I felt like quitting, giving up. And I felt like, is, is it worth it? And I felt like, you know what? At the first service, I had a call. And one of my bishop's sons in the ministry is going through some crisis situation. And he said, Papa, even when you try to do good, you are misunderstood. And he said, I don't know what to do. And I went out and responded. He's in church. And I said, son, it is the nature of the fallen man. So it's okay. I said, it's the nature of the fallen man. Well, men are selfish. Lovers of self than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure, lovers of money, than lovers of God. So I said, it's okay not to worry. It's part of the race. It's part of the process to get you ready for the future. And I said, you'll be better. You'll be better. But accept it. That is part of the human nature. Don't try to make sense out of it. Because in this life... <clears throat> You will not be able to make sense of everything every time. I preached a message from years ago entitled, I understand that I don't understand. And every now and then, you face a situation <clears throat> where you realize <clears throat> that you can't make sense of because your understanding as man is limited. And when you know that, in moments like that, the key is to trust him. Is to lean on the everlasting arms. Is to stop trying to ask questions. Stop, stop trying to make sense. When I don't understand and I can't make sense of my circumstances, when I feel pain and I feel betrayed and I feel like loved ones and people I care about and I thought they cared about me, I find out they really don't care. It really doesn't matter. What matters is how I respond to the pain. Not the pain, it's how I respond to the pain. It's the choices we make in trying times and in difficult times. And I said to one of my sons the other day, I said, son, life is not fair. Life is not fair. It will never be fair. And it doesn't give you what you wish for or desire, but what you fight for. That's what life is all about. It hurts to grow. I thought when I was young in ministry that I, as I grew and became big in ministry, things would get better. But I realized that the higher I, I, I climbed in ministry, the more challenges, the more complications, the more crisis. And I've come to the conclusion that it is what it is. I can't change it. I just have to determine my response. And I have to choose between fear 
and faith. This morning, you and I have a choice to choose faith or fear. I submit to you, choose faith. Mark chapter 4, 35 to 40. At the same day, when the evening was come, uh -huh. he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Yeah. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the winds beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And it was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? You see, so it was a choice of fear and faith. And all of us in the journey of life, ladies and gentlemen, every now and then, you and I will be confronted with a choice to choose faith or to choose fear. And realize that even though Jesus was in the boat, even though Jesus was in the alive, the storm came. Storms are not indicators that we are out of the will of God. Sometimes it might, sometimes it is, but it's not always true. When Job faced the crisis of his life, lost 10 of his kids, his wealth, and everything he had, he wasn't in a good place. His friends said, brother, tell us what you've done wrong. There's a reason for this. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, it has nothing to do with what you did right or wrong, but it has everything to do with you being tested. It has everything to do with your faith being tested to see whether you will still trust and believe in God like the three Hebrew young men. They were faced with the sentence of death, being thrown into the furnace of fire. And they had a choice to choose faith or fear. You choose fear, you compromise your faith in God. You deny the Lord. You choose faith, you face the, the consequence of going into the furnace of fire. They chose faith. And whenever we choose faith, there are consequences. When we choose fear also, there are consequences. Whatever choice we make in life, we will face something. But I came to announce to somebody today, on the grounds of the supreme sacrifice of the blood of the Son of God, that whenever we choose faith, it may not look like it's getting better, but I tell you, it will always end in praise. Oh, somebody put your hands together. I said it will end in praise. Now, don't ask me how long will it take. I can't guarantee that. I can't tell you how long it will take. But I know, as it is written, weeping endures for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I know that it is written that to everything that has a beginning also has an end. Even tsunamis comes and pass. Everything that has a beginning has an end. This too has an expiry date. Whatever you are dealing with, whether it's mental or it's emotional or it's marital, it's family, finance, health, whatever it is, 
I declare it has an expiry date and I enforce the expiry date of this situation by the blood of the Lamb. And I declare that you will emerge victorious. You are coming out of this situation with the upper hand. You will not be ashamed. You will not be ashamed. You will not be disadvantaged. But the ability to despise the shame, the ability not to pay attention. There have been times in my life when I have dealt with shame, public ridicule, embarrassment, where I walk into a place and they are talking and as soon as I come in there, they all stop talking. And I know why they've stopped talking because they were talking about me. They saw me coming, they were talking. They didn't know I was coming. I'll get to them, so they stopped talking. But in those trying times, in those difficult times, when you can't explain or defend yourself, but just trust God. And sometimes you say, Lord, how long? When Jesus hung the cross, they said, if you are the son of God, why don't you come down from the cross and save thyself? Save yourself. And then when he cried and he said, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabatani, they said, yes, we told you that even God has forsaken him. The guy is finished. There come a time in all of our lives when people will even conclude that God has given up on us and there is no hope for us. And that's why David in Psalm 3 said the other day, he said, Lord, why? Why have they increased that troubled me? For many be they that have said that even God has given up on me, that there is no hope, there's no future for me, and I'm finished. But then he said, Lord, Lord, they have sung their song and they have busted based on their defenses and resources and access and contacts and who they know. But thou, O oh Lord, at the shield about me, you are my glory and the lifter up of my head. Put your hands together and give him praise, somebody. A storm does not come because you've done something wrong. And sometimes also, God allows storms in our lives like Jonah. Jonah was walking in disobedience. He was a man under a vow. He was a Nazarite. He had made a vow to serve the God of Israel. And there came a time where he felt like, you know, God, I, I, I'm weary of you. Because you tell me, go make an announcement. You destroy Nineveh. As soon as they repent, you change your mind. <clears throat> I'm not going to do this. I know you. As soon as they start crying, you change your mind. <clears throat> and as if it's wrong for people to change their mind. He wanted God to wipe them out. And he said, God, I know you. These people are wrong. They are bad people. As soon as they cry and repent right now, you are wasting my time. I'm not going to do it. God said, you don't have a choice in the matter. You are under a vow. I will hold you to your vow. So God sent a storm to hit him. And the people went down. He was asleep in the midst of the storm. That's amazing. How Someone can be in disobedience and still be at peace in the midst of the storm. But that's happened. And they went to him and he said, I am a Hebrew. I'm a man under a vow. I am a Nazarite. I'm the cause and the reason for this storm. Throw me into the sea. In the midst of 
the storm, he still had faith in God. No matter what you've done wrong, run to him, don't run from him. You know why? Because he alone understands you than even yourself. Yeah. He understands you than yourself. He understands you than anyone else. And Jonah recognized that in the mix of his disobedience, there's no one to run to but God. Somebody say, but God. And God had prepared a fish to swallow him up. And the fish did. And realize that if you look at the scriptures here, the Bible said that Jesus rebuked the wind. He didn't rebuke the sea because the sea was not the problem. The problem was the wind. And as soon as he rebuked the wind, he spoke to the sea. He rebuked the wind and he said, See, be calm. And the wind ceased. I announce by the supreme sacrifice of the blood of Jesus. Let every contrary wind in your life cease. Let every contrary wind in this house cease. Let every contrary wind in your family, in your marriage, in your health, in your business, in your finances, let it come to an end. Let every wind and evil wind in this nation come to an end. In the name of Jesus, let it come to an end. Put your hands together and say, come to an end. In the name of Jesus, let the wind come to an end. Evil winds come to an end. Contrary wind come to an end. In the name of Jesus, I command the end of every evil wind. Amen. Let the wind cease. Somebody say, peace be still. Peace be still. Jesus could have rebuked the sea and the storm wouldn't have ceased because the cause of the storm was not the sea, it was the wind. And this is where you and I fail as human. When we react to what we hear, to what we are seeing, to what's going on in the natural, we miss it. And the only way we get it right is when we go to the back end. That is where we get the correct picture of what's truly going on. And you go to the back end when you choose faith and say, God, I trust you. It don't make sense, but I trust you. I've heard, but I trust you. I missed it, but I still trust you. Because there is nowhere else I can run to. There is no one I can follow that understands me better than you do. You alone knows my end from my beginning. You alone knows my goings. Let us be careful of the conclusions we make and we come to when people go through storms because you really don't know the outcome of what they are going through. Job had twice as much as he had before. Joseph said, it was meant for evil, but God turned it for good. I am confident and I am assured of this one thing, that whatever it is that you are facing, that you're going through, it's just a matter of time. That which is meant for evil will turn for your good. 
One of these days, you have a testimony. One of these days, there will be laughter in your mouth. One of these days, what seems to be the greatest opposition and storm in your life will become a stepping stone. One of these days, you will look back to whatever it is you are facing and going through, and it will be, it will be grounds to encourage others. Yeah. You will look to others going through the same thing and tell them, you know something, don't even worry about it. You pull through. You know, years ago, I was home and I felt very strongly that we should visit one of our sisters. We haven't seen her for a long time in church. So I told one of the pastors, I said, let's go check on her. Part of the visitation, reaching out to people, caring for people. This generation, we just call people, send them texts, emails. No, you have to physically be there. And that's why as much as visual services are great, it's never like when we are together. Because long distance relationship is not healthy. It works for a while, for a season, but it shouldn't be permanent. And I look forward to the days that all the restrictions and the limitation that this pandemic has brought to humanity will be removed. Where we will come back again and be able to feel that common touch we had before. But these are lessons we learned that there's a possibility we took so much for granted. We took so much for granted. And these days are times where we are learning never to take anything for granted. Sometimes we take the common touch, loving one another, caring for one another for granted. We, we take for granted being vulnerable. We take for granted being vulnerable. May we never again take for granted the freedom, the freedom to love one another. The freedom, the freedom we have to fellowship, to worship. The freedom to feel one another's pain and to feel one another's love. May we never take it for granted. Somebody say never again. You can be in the will of God and still have a storm in your life. Paul, in the book of Acts, the 27th chapter, he was in the will of God. Sent to go to Rome to appear before the empire of Rome, Caesar. And between the time of the promise to appear before Caesar, there was a storm. A great storm, a wind, an evil wind came and created a storm that almost destroyed him. He was confronted with two choices, choose fear or faith. He chose faith. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him that night and said, for you must of a necessity come before Caesar. I declare to somebody, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I'm being prophetic right now. And I declare on authority that you will of a necessity fulfill your assignment and your mandate in life. You will of a necessity stand before, stand before the empire of Rome. You will of a necessity end up at the other side, at the other side. Irrespective of what is confronting you, you will of a necessity arrive at the other side. 
And Paul said, I believe God that it shall be unto me even as it was told me. Taking decisions in times of storms. Allowing yourself to make decisions based on what you feel is a sign that you lack capacity for the next level. I have seen so many people all around me across the nations of the world missing it and I can tell when they are missing it. I can tell when they are batting destiny. I've seen people walk out of my office and I know I will never see them again. And a few months after I hear they are dead and I could tell when they were walking away from my office that that was it. I wasn't going to see them again because I knew and understood exactly what was going on, that they are giving in to the demands of the adversary on their life by responding to what they are feeling. This work is not the work of feelings, ladies and gentlemen, for we walk by faith and not by sight. If I yield to feelings and if I yield to what I feel, I will not stand here to preach on Sunday morning. If I yield to the threatenings of men and to intimidation, to nightmare and to bad dreams sometimes, I won't stand here to preach. I will let one of the bishops preach for me. But I have come to the conclusion that this is my mandate in life. And in good times and in bad times, I preach anyway. You will come to the other side of this too. You will get there. There's no difference between you and the others. But you have to choose faith and not fear. In the midst of the storms, don't yield to what you feel. Because emotions don't make sense. Feelings don't make sense. It changes. It's not permanent. And don't make permanent choices and decisions based on temporal setbacks and circumstances. Whatever it is you're dealing with, ladies and gentlemen, it's temporal. It's not permanent. It's testing you. It's a trial of your faith to see whether you're going to stand or fail. But I declare to somebody, I don't know who you are, and I don't know what threatens your very life, reputation, name or future or destiny or all that you've worked for or stand for, I declare that your destiny will not be aborted. I declare that it doesn't matter what threatens you, you will stand the test of time. That your faith will not fail. You will come through this situation and you are you will be a survivor. You will be here to tell your story to the next generation. When you go through a storm, God is watching you. Remember, he's watching you. When he said, give me your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, it was a storm of his life. And God said, let me see. God said, prove to me if you love the provider or the provision. Prove to me. Whether you love the giver or the gift. Prove to me. Whether you love 
the healer or the healing, whether you love the creator or the creation, prove to me, let me know where your heart is. And when Abraham proved to the Lord that he cared about his relationship with God, irrespective of the circumstances, God said, because of what you have done, you have proven to me and now I know that you are one that cares about your relationship with me than what I do for you. Therefore, I look up to the heavens above and there is none greater than I. And I've searched across the length and the breadth of the entire universe. There is none greater than I. Therefore, I swear by myself that you in blessings, I shall bless thee. And in multiplying, you shall be multiplied. And your seed shall be like the star of heaven and like the sun of the seashore. I am Jehovah and I have made an oath that this I will do because you have proven to me that you care about your relationship with me than anything else. That it doesn't matter what I do for you or give to you. That nothing matters like your relationship with me. When we choose faith, we are telling God that God, it doesn't matter what we have and what we don't have and what's going on, we care about our relationship with you than anything else. That you matter, you come first, you're the best. God said, if you can count, if I can count on that, if you can prove to me that I am God and I am the one and the only in your life, then you've made it. Because if you can prove to me that I count on you, I will go to any extent for you. Today, I submit to you, my friend, choose faith. And don't let the storm determine your decision. Whenever you face a storm, if the decision you take during the time of the storm is a decision you wouldn't have taken before the storm, wait. Let the storm pass. You get it clear. If you act during the storm and you don't wait, you could miss it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a choice between faith and fear. Choose faith. Jesus was walking on the sea. The apostles panicked. They were afraid. And Peter cried and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Peter began to walk. When he acted on the word, faith, he began to walk on the sea. Suddenly he got distracted like all of us get distracted every now and then. Hear me? As long as you live, it doesn't matter how strong your faith is. You will always get distracted by something. We all get distracted. He took his eyes off Jesus. Whenever we take our eyes off the master and the word, the scriptures, and we give into reasoning and to logic, we sink. And he cried out and said, Lord, Lord, rescue, save me, Lord. And the Lord reached out and rescued him. And the Bible said that Peter, it was a matter of faith and fear again. And Peter, and Peter, and Jesus walked on the same sea, back to the boat. And when they got to the boat, the apostles worshiped Jesus. This situation, I announce, I make a divine announcement under the auspices of the 
inspiration of the Most High. I make a divine announcement from the throne room perspective that whatever this crisis and storm is that is confronting you, whoever you are, wherever you are, hearing the sound of my voice, it will end up in praise. It will end up in a testimony. I said it will end up in a testimony. You know, sometimes it doesn't make sense. I was praying early this morning and I heard myself saying, I confront stubborn situations. You know what stubborn situation is? After fasting for days and weeks and having faith, trusting and believing that things will get better, it gets worse. It gets worse. And you ask yourself, so was it good for me to have fasted and prayed all these days and weeks? How come it's not getting better and it's getting worse? But I realize that it always gets worse before it gets better. Are you hearing me, somebody? And I realize that the night always precedes the morning. Say, I hear you. Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. One of these days, because nothing endures forever. Nothing is permanent. Nothing. One of these days, a new season, a new season is coming. A season you can make sense of. A season of rejoicing. A season of rest from wars and battle. The Bible said, after that David have gone through much war, God gave David rest on every side and the land rested from war. I declare authority that one of these days you will rest from battles. You will rest from war. You will rest from battles and war all around you. And some of you, there is a day and a season coming when you will wish there was conflict and war and there will be none. You have so much peace that you get tired of having peace. I see that season coming. Receive it in the name of Jesus and give God praise. We are so blessed to have you listening with us on the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams podcast today. Our ministry exists to equip and empower God's people with the transformational power of apostolic prayer and deliverance. You can partner with us by bringing the revival of prayer to our global community and sowing a seed, renewing your mind through our books, or increasing your knowledge through our online school of ministries. Access all our resources at www.ndwministries.org. Know today that we are partnering with you in daily prayer for daily triumph. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to you joining next week. Give him your love. He's in love with us.